Hi, I'm Marcy. And I'm Akko. And welcome to the Color Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Ooh, colorful backgrounds. Yes, and so today we are going to continue our discussion of Hemele Ahilo, a Hilo song. But before, I have a question for you, Marcy. Ooh, you know I love me some questions. <laughs> so it feels like a lot of people in uh, Mele Ahilo are looking for some distant, perfect something, but they can't put their, quite put their fingers on it. And that kind of made me think of the concept of utopia. So the term utopia is actually a made-up Greek word coined by Thomas More, a writer from 1516, who wrote the book... <laughs> Utopia. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not a great book. Also, bitches were around in 1515. Like, what? Like, <laughs> that's what I thought too when I read like, it. N- like, niggas were that old? Like, Jesus. <laughs> like, whom? Anyway. Um, like. <laughs> I read the translation of the book. It's not bad. It's um, similar to Scarlet Letter in that I get why it's famous, but I don't really want to read it. That kind of thing. Mm. But the term actually means no place, and it describes a non existent society. Now, the term has been kind of narrowed nowadays to kind of mean a perfect society or a near perfect society and of course it has its mm-hmm. offshoots like dysutopia and teen utopia dysutopia right but at the beginning it was kind of an overarching concept and since then it's been retrofitted of course to things in the past like heaven or you know the garden of eden i do wonder though when i was thinking about it what are your thoughts on utopias do you think that they are idealism and that they're necessary for us to work towards a better country or society or world Mm. or do you think maybe we're obsessed with utopias and that's why we can't accept the way things are now like kind of grass is always greener type of situation huh that's a really good question hmm it's so funny. I've like quite literally never thought about this. So these are like just like Marcy's thoughts, like unfiltered, like uncut, like we're just like, <laughs> you know, getting the most like sincere rendition. <laughs> I, okay. So I would say for the most part, I think, I think utopias are, hmm. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's like, they're nice to sort of strive towards in the sense that like a world without hardship or a world wherein like, you know, we, okay. Now I have my actual thoughts again. I'm telling you unfiltered. So like the thoughts are just kind of like coming weaving together (laughs) as I say the shit. So I think it depends on how you measure a utopia. So I think that for when it comes, so for me, when I think about like a utopia or when I like, you know, I guess consume like utopian type of media, like it's usually this idea that like, the community is structured and functions in a way that's sort of like utopic. Like people have like a mutual respect for one another, things like bigotry and stuff like that aren't really like a thing. It's like, we just know how to like be kind and like truly like empathetic to one another in a way that like just the current world does not reflect. And like, granted, I don't know, like I, you know, it's easy to get into the whole thing of like, oh, well, like, does human nature like naturally discriminate? Like, like, you know, if it wasn't one thing, would it just be something else? Blah, blah, blah. And my thing is, I'm like, I feel like it's like questions like that. Like, I mean, yes, it's like a cute little like thought exercise for like a sociology class. But like, honestly, like, I just I don't know. Like, I feel like for me, it's like I don't think we should just say like, oh, well, girl, we're just like 
bound to be racist and just like keep it pushing you know what i mean like it's like i don't mm. like i don't want to get into this complacency where it's like oh like that's just how it is because i'm like oh wow that seems convenient for people who are <laughs> oppressive so i think that like <laughs> a utopia that like kind of functions more so from like a community standpoint or like it kind of reflects peace and harmony in a way that's like really like just very dissimilar to the way that we live now like i think i think yeah we should sort of strive for that right like there's like mm. there's no real reason why you know we have to like things like war and violence and other things like that have to be like these functions of society like that doesn't really have to be a thing or at the very least like the scale at which these things happen at present or is not really necessary like a lot of the shit that we deal with just isn't really like we don't like it doesn't have to look like this right so so i feel like utopias in that sense are like yes something to be sort of like to strive for but like i guess like a utopia in the sense that like you know, there is no such thing as conflict and things like that. Like, I don't know. I feel like stuff like that, that's not necessarily what I'm really reaching for. I guess it's more so like, show me a utopia that shows like how we can actually live our lives. Like how we could actually, like in the in practice, this could actually be a mm. thing if we just like got our shit together. That I'm like, I, I kind of am feeling it. Because otherwise then like, I don't know. It's just like, it's kind of sad. You're just like, wow, you just look at the world and you're just like, I mean, fuck, this is like the only way it can be, you know? Right. It's like, well, if we're not going to strive for anything, I guess we'll just slide backwards into complete like degradation yeah. and terror which is obviously very not optimistic what do you think so i think it's interesting because the idea of utopia i think very quickly ends up being disutopian so i'm thinking of books mm, like how so well i'm thinking of, and, and i think it goes back to your point when it's when we talk about practicality I think the second people start thinking about how do you make the world perfect they take it outside of the realm of what people actually do and then so that it starts to become very 1980 what's it called 1989 1986 um or um what's the other Ooh, one I, oh, I know i know what you're trying to reference um a brave new you world in the right decade <laughs> <laughs> like, i was like that's all one i can of those say 80s. <laughs> yeah or a brave new world or even if you guys know that short story those who walk away from omelis where there's a perfect world but someone is suffering underneath and i think that's Ooh. kind of yeah, it, right, and I and I think those you that's kind of what the common utopian idea is now. But I I do wonder what the idea of utopia without that is, or maybe a utopia for marginalized people. And apparently, there's this whole there's this whole subculture of feminist utopia, and I, I that idea of kind of I guess I wonder is someone's utopia someone else's dysutopia? You know, like is someone mm. a, or can you have one where we strive for everyone? And maybe that's a concept that's not necessarily explored or a utopia or an idea of a society that accepts that humans do bad things, but works very hard to, to rectify those things. And maybe actually utopia is what we're all striving for when we make laws and stuff. Who knows? Yeah, that's like really interesting because so, so for the listeners out there, uh, my background professionally is in, is in public health. And so I'm very used to this idea that, you know, people will say like, when you create policies or programs or institutions that like center the needs of those who are the most marginalized, like everyone wins. And so I guess like when I think about mm. a utopia, especially when you kind of think about it being for marginalized people, it's like, what would it look like if there was a utopia that truly centered those that like are the most marginalized, right? Like wouldn't in a context like that, wouldn't technically everyone win? Like who, whose dystopia would be the mo- a utopia for the most marginalized person? Right. And oh. I think like the reason why it might be dystopian is like in no way the same reason like the inverse would be true. Right. So I think it's mm. like it's like it's 
So I do think that, yes, there would be probably unrest in the sense that, like, there would probably be, like, some annoying bitch that's like, oh, my God, like, we all, like, there's, like, universal basic income or shit. There's just, like, no money at all, and we just, like, provide for one another, and, like, we just, like, allow each other to, like, have a right to, like, you know, like, just, like, <laughs> access to, like, like, to, like this just, is like, awful. like, dignity. It's, like, like, it's, like, I think, I think when you are inundated in a world where, your self-concept is so wrapped up in like the disenfranchisement of other people then yes you would be like what the fuck this is awful i hate this but then it's like but then for me if i'm in that utopia where like i don't know ryan's irritated because like queer and trans people have rights then i'm like okay well sis you're gonna have to get over it like i'm like i actually don't care like it's like you because you still like you like you're fine right like i don't know i think it's like i i wonder if there is like some this is actually something that we should explore further like if, if there's like sort of like a niche within literature that kind of explores utopias from that kind of like that perspective where like yeah just like centering the most marginalized people i'm kind of curious what that looks like Ooh, i think that would be a nice book series to read or figure out about mm-hmm. it does make me wonder if we as humans just the problem isn't utopia as a concept. The problem is us. It makes me wonder, like, mm. if robots were alive, do you think they would be able to, like, get their shit together <laughs> enough to live in a utopia? You know, like, oh, sorry, I said if robots were alive. But, like, if robi- robots had sentience. Anyway, this is getting in the realm of sci-fi, mm. which is probably why that concept exists in the first place, to explore concepts huh. like this. That's really interesting. Because, yeah, because then it's like, I know I've always like I remember in so real quick like I remember in eighth grade like I was taking this like technology class because I was like oh I should probably like learn how to like use a computer I don't know and I remember (laughs) like my teacher was always like he would always ask us these like philosophical questions and he was like yeah like if robots like you know could feel emotions and like could feel pain and things of that nature like would you feel some type of way if like they like always worked for us right like it's like we use robots for our own convenience but like we kind of knew that they felt like humans they just didn't look like humans like would would y'all be okay with that and of course my like 13 year old ass i was like girl they robots bitch like who the fuck cares like your purpose (laughs) is to do this xyz whatever whatever and he was always like oh that's really interesting because like i don't know i feel like there's other times in history where people justify their actions by doing a similar mental exercise where they were just like oh like you and i aren't the same thing so i can treat you like shit and when he said that shit, my 13-year-old ass was like, I'm irritated at the fact that you've, like, checked me in front of everybody and, like, I low-key look dumb. But, like, bitch, you're kind of right. <laughs> like, I, just, I, was like, I was like, oh, God. Like, yeah, so, I don't know. It's a, that's a, mm, okay. But that's, and that short story that you mentioned, the one where you were like, there was a utopia on top of a, the dystopia of someone. I, I'm kind of curious to to read that yeah. at a later date. Maybe we can do that offline, but I don't know. I'm I'm curious. So Ooh. I'm a follow up with you. <laughs> but um but yeah, but maybe wanna take a break and then we kinda can go into the second part of our discussion. Perfect. See you guys in a moment. So if you guys remember from last time, <laughs> when we left off, Nolani had been given $20,000 from Steve Yates. And of course, she had left her original halal and a couple of people had come with her and she had given each member of her new halal part of that money. Oh, no. She had gotten $100,000, actually. Yeah, she yes. got 100000 And she yeah. gave each... Oh, it's just... I'm sorry. I've just never seen that much money <laughs> in one place <laughs> together. <laughs> <laughs> so 
was like, girl, it had to be $20,000 because 100000 she could not be. Right, like, like <laughs> what? <laughs> Homest, girl? Like, what the fuck? Um, oh, my God. USD? Child. Right? Are you sure that wasn't Monopoly money? But that's fine. So. Right. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> Shit. Like, oh, my God. So each person got $20,000 and she told them to do what they thought, uh, to give the money away to who they thought needed it. So Violet gives the money to the church. And actually, it's really interesting because we learn a little bit more about Violet in the second half of the novel. And we realize that she also mm-hmm. is Christian, kind of similar to Noelani, but has a peace of mind that Noelani doesn't have. And she kind of notes that mm. Noelani's relationship with God always seemed very stressful to her. And, and it kind of like, you don't, have, you don't have to do all that kind of way. She was like, Noelani's really pressed about this God. And I really don't know why. But... <laughs> But she's like, you know what? She'll figure it out in due time. So I'm just going to do so and let it be what it is. But she gives right. her money to the church. And so Nona gives the, the money to her school library, which is actually where she met Harry. And it's at that point where you start to see that Nona's really having very strong doubts about her future with Harry, which makes sense. You know, Harry's been acting a little hot and cold and slightly problematic. Uh, Francis gives the money to yeah. a cemetery, which is... Sweet, they don't really go into it too much. His reasoning isn't like beautifully like deep or anything, but it's it's a nice sentiment, um, and it's certainly better mm-hmm. than. I want to say. Oh, sorry. I, I want to say it was because like it was like that's where all of her family members were buried. Yes. It was like something. Yes, like yes, that. yes. And the cemetery was like very poorly put together. Oh, like he, like yeah. tourists would like throw the trash and shit yes. in there. And she was like, "This is disrespectful as fuck." Like, right, right. It was very like. <laughs> so she was like, "Girl, clean the shit. Like yes. we're not doing this." Yes, you're right. And there was there was actually an interesting like juxtaposition between Hawaiian natives and their burial being buried and tourists like. In the tourist part of Hawaii and tourists being able to just like walk across it and be disrespectful. So actually that was a good point out. Marcy is correct. It was very good. And so then the last... Oh, thank you. <laughs> the last person... And then Francis was certainly better than Irvin <laughs> who <laughs> he gets oh the money. Oh, and... Oh, but you know who also gets money? Eva. Eva gives gives her money to the Alzheimer's wing of a hospital. And I was impressed because I really thought if anyone was going to waste the money, it was Eva. She was going to buy a new refrigerator or something or buy Nona's chicken. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but she gives her the way. <laughs> buy Nona to make the right. chicken. Like, you know... Right. Like, she would do all types of crazy shit. <laughs> like, but um, invest in like a secret laboratory. But no. So. But Irvin is actually the one who ends up wasting his money with his fair weather friends who are like, Irvin, let's just spend it on gambling and eBay and poker and other irrelevant nonsense until he wastes it away. And then all his friends abandon him again. Right. So, yeah. So Irvin just. Ooh. fucked up and then like afterwards he felt like really bad yes. he was like oh girl i can't believe i wasted twenty thousand dollars i honestly I was like but was like how how are <laughs> i was like but how how sway so how did you money. waste twenty thousand dollars i just oh my god i just i actually could not but yeah so in the so kind of around the same time um i know in the last section we were talking about how Steve was gooped when, like, Arnold was like, oh, yeah, girl, Harry's, like, mm. the master fisherman. And, like, this bitch has been wasting your time low-key for the past, like, year. So Steve finally confronts Harry when they, like, go fishing the next time. And basically, like, Harry kind of, like, <laughs> this is, like, a little bit shady, but basically, like, Steve mm. was like, whoa, like, you know, I told you I wanted to go fishing. Like, you know, why would you, like, take me to all these, like, spots where you knew there weren't going to be fish or, like, you know, you, like, we've just been, like, wasting time, whatever, whatever. And Harry was like, well, girl, you said you wanted to go 
You, you said you, you said you wanted to go fishing. You didn't say you wanted to catch a fish. Mm. And the Steve was like, bitch, are you fucking kidding me? And he was just <laughs> like, yeah, like, I mean, fishing is an experience. Fishing Ooh. entails, you know, bonding and being out and like on the water and listening to nature and be, like and really like being one with everything and like kind of like spending having that time of like peace and serenity with those that you're sharing that experience with to catch a fish is easy like anyone could just catch a fish but Ooh. like fishing is just like there's more to it and like sometimes even if you if you catch a fish or if you don't catch a fish you still went fishing and he was like damn and so basically <laughs> steve was like honestly i can't even be mad like he's like i mean real recognize real shit like okay girl and basically harry was kind of saying to him that like this like all of this was essentially a metaphor for like you know like you know steve again like you kind of have this very like entitled like oh i need to like jump in swoop in like be that girl and like you know save everyone and he's just like yeah like this was kind of an exercise for you to just like not be in control and just like let nature just sort of take the reins here and so Harry also kind of used that to like also comment on like Steve's I, I think we mentioned this mm. a little bit in the last section but like how Steve had been kind of like you know doing these like philanthropic like efforts throughout the island but like wasn't really consulting anyone throughout that and so Harry right. was just like yeah so girl like you you keep doing that howley thing where you just like and again howley means foreigner he's like you keep doing that howley thing where you're like thinking you're like better than us and like you know you know more than us when like that's just like not really the case here yeah i was like ooh, when he said even if you catch fish or don't it's still an experience i was like oh harry oh huh, dang that's a word but i was um, like give this bitch a book deal like <laughs> shit <laughs> <laughs> harry with the quotes goddamn i was like if only you could treat nona with all this oh, you know oh, emotional intelligence hoo-hoo. but you know but oh but that's just that is none of my business <laughs> we, we, we'll, we'll get to that um, but yes but actually so then along with harry saul has an interesting subplot well actually first saul and johnny boy get in this literal fight about changing the name of kuipu which if you all do like not hands right down. they were like they got out they stepped outside and were like this is a bop and they were like bop 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> did anyone need a sound effect no um but it <laughs> so if you guys don't know oh my god this is this is on the internet forever bop 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 but um so they were <laughs> discussing the term kuipu, which if you guys don't know means sweetheart. But actually that's not what they were fighting about. What they were really fighting about was Saul was like, yo, Johnny boy, if you like Noelani, you ought to tell her and stop doing this wishy-washy nonsense. And Johnny boy's in his feelings about it. And he's like, blah, 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 fight me. And Saul's like, I'm not about to do all that. And it was like, okay, well, that's fair. But then that kind of starts off this little interesting <laughs> section with Saul, where we learn a little bit more about his character. So Saul actually has this memory or a dream of this girl who stopped him from either touching a sulfur spring or some lava that was coming out of the ground when he was younger. And ever since, he's been trying to find this elusive woman or girl who's, I guess, now a woman. Although, I guess throughout the book, I'm not sure, and maybe that's the point, that we're not sure if this woman is real or if she's not real. A lot of times they say mm. that she's she he finds her in the music and Saul kind of evolves and and starts singing with the song that Cam wrote, this beautiful sort of deep, deeply Hawaiian, deeply transcendental song. And so it's almost like the love was the song or the, this girl was, you, you know, something more transcendental than meeting this girl again, which I thought was mm. beautiful and very cute. Hmm. That's real. That's real. Yeah, it was interesting because um, basically they described this girl as like, like when Saul was younger, he was like, yeah, at the, it was like he was like at this volcano or something. He was like on vacation or something of, of that nature. And like, yeah, encountered this girl with like green hair that was just sort of like 
sort of like ethereal and magical and you were just like i don't and like she ended up saving him i guess technically because at one point he was looking in sort of this like like there was like sulfur coming out the ground or something like that and like she kind of pulled his face away when you know it would have gotten like i guess fucked up and like yeah he was like yeah I've like i've just loved this girl ever since and like on the low like i kind of moved to this island i kind of moved to hilo to like reunite mm. but yeah again it's unclear if it's like if he's talking about this girl or the music or if the girl is the music right. we yeah so it's yeah this is an interesting little piece there but um so pivoting a little bit so i know we were talking about how like yeah like so nona had like given her money to the school and like during that she was reflecting on like how yeah like just like how her and you know her, her and harry's relationship got started and like how right now it's a little bit tense so all of this kind of comes to a head where basically eventually one day Nona's just like, bitch, I'm done. And so she kind of like snaps at Harry and, and you know, cause he's again, doing that weird thing where he's not really communicating like that. And it's very clear that he's still like really like upset about his wife. So she's just like, you know what? Like if you want to love someone or you want to love your wife so badly, like just go and be with her then. Because like, I'm not, I'm not going to do this thing where I'm like second best. And I'm like always going to mm. be like second in tow to your wife. And so Harry around this time like gets depressed and he's like driving and then like gets into this car accident and it like the way it was written was like you kind of thought he died because they were like oh yeah like a helicopter like transferred him to a hospital and then the hospital there was like this whole sequence where like it low-key seemed like he died Mm. like it was like I think he was in a coma yeah he was like he was in a coma but like I mean the way it was written it was almost like there's like the line between like like dream space and like life space was just like really uh. blurred and i remember it's just it was like very like kind of wishy and like what the fuck is going on but yeah but you come to find out that he was just in a coma um and he eventually wakes up luckily and so and yeah like and while he was in that coma steve had visited him in yet another one of these dreams and was like <laughs> you know all you know, the steve's thing where he's like i'm the dream whisperer like steve did that like that's like his like side hustle i guess i don't know <laughs> anyway so basically <laughs> he's like moonlighting as a dream whisperer <laughs> Right, like, literally, like, I'm just, like, he, like, has, like, a daily rate and shit. Like, I'm just, like, Steve, girl, what? Anyway, so basically, like, like someone has to pay for that estate. But basically, yeah, so he eventually wakes up and, like, Harry and Nona, you know, finally reconcile their differences. And, yeah, like, basically, Nona one day is, like, giving him a little bath and then, like, afterwards like they're like chatting a little bit and like you know nona was, like saw him naked and she was like oh my god i saw harry naked like i don't know like mm, like she was just like really coy about it but then they like high key hooked up and then like shortly after that harry proposed so nona was like look at god so finally their relationship is like in a space where it's like better because harry also simultaneously realized that like his whole piece with his wife like like she's gone right right? like it's just like it's not like him continuing to like feel this guilt as if like you know she's feeling active like it's like as if she he's cheating on her being alive like that doesn't like that doesn't that's not really in line with like probably like who she was or how she would feel so harry kind of finally lets himself like really love nona which for me was interesting because i feel like i'm so used to this idea of like men just taking forever to get their shit together and like you know just like being emotionally inconsiderate all of that so i was just kind of like harry girl i don't know like uh, harry says can you get your shit together but like the whole piece with his wife being dead like that that did add that extra layer of like okay this actually is more mm, there's something deep this makes this makes sense this it, right. it's deeper i understand why you're acting like this and it's not just like oh harry's just being ignorant it's like no harry's just like mourning yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know how to like deal so 
Yeah, so so when they got like proposed, it was like okay. Oh, and it was also really cute too because the ring was like, it was like these two fish, one um, right. silver and one gold, like kind of interacting. And then there was like an emerald, but also like an amethyst, and also this like opal, and it was all these different like types of like metals, I guess like diamonds together, um, kind of. Like this mismatch that theme right. that like Nona has been carrying throughout her whole life, where she like wears two different color shoes and shit like that. It was kind of like an homage to that, and I was like, okay, Harry is that right. nigga. Like Harry went from like bitch or like in the bottom two to like, okay, girl, Shantae, <laughs> you stay. Like I actually like you. You can you can stick right. around. I and like and we should note that in the dream, the dream slash coma, when he's talking to Steve, he also sees his wife and he's very excited, but then he also sees an old version of himself, and he realizes that you know. His wife and the past version of him are together, but the new, older version of him and his wife, they're they're not in the same time space. And I think that's when he sort of starts to move on. Mm. So then our girl Eva has a whole thing, too. She also has an odd dream sequence. So she has this... Eva has this dream where Goto, everyone's outside the line at Goto's. Nobody's in her restaurant anymore. And she's like, what is being served at Goto's? And it comes to find out that Goto's is selling clam chowder that they bought from Costco. And everyone is like really living for this clam chowder. Like she goes outside to talk to someone. She's like, excuse me, like, excuse me. Like, what's so great about this chowder? And they're like, well, I mean, um, people told me it was good. So... I bought it. <laughs> She's like, but it's from Costco. And they're like, I mean, you're saying that, but like, I was stood in this line, so I'm about to eat it and enjoy it. And she's like, no. So she like gets, and I think even like Roland, what was her her nephew? She like turns around and he's also mm-hmm. eating clam chowder. And she's like, Roland. <laughs> it's like very dramatic. So they like get in a car and start like driving to Lisa's place, only to like find out that this is a dream sequence and none of this stuff is happening. And you're like, oh, well, that was a funny little antidote, but okay. It was just ridiculous because also like. Like, people were in line for, like, three hours for this goddamn Costco from the can clam chowder. It was, like, they described it as, like, barely being cooked. Like, bitches were just pouring the can into the cup, and people were just, like, living. And Eva was so... Because she, like, found this, like, random dude in the street and was like, why the fuck are you eating this, like, you know, board, whatever, whatever. And he was like, oh, it's just really good. Like, I don't know. It's just like... But, like, why are you eating it? And he's like, oh, like, I don't know. People, like, really like it. And she literally took a chair and beat this bitch in the street. And then when she saw Roland eating it, she beat his ass, too. And I was like, I really hope this is a dream because like <laughs> girl this is battery like you like cannot do that it was so funny yeah it was actually bananas i just actually entirely cannot so meanwhile while eva's beating bitches asses for eating clam chowder Irvin. <laughs> so Irvin, as we said earlier like spent all of his money on like, like just all this ridiculous shit with his like pleather ass fake ass friends and so you kind of like see a little bit into his life like he Irvin's around like 30 he lives at home and his dad, his mom is, like, like fairly supportive of him. His dad is, like, very much not, like, honestly kind of an abusive character in his life. And so, you know, Irvin just feels, like, all this guilt. Like, you know, not only for, like, you know, how he spent this money, but he also just feels really, like, self-conscious about, like, his station in life and just feels, like, kind of just really low for, like, sort of what he did. Recognizing that Hula is really the only thing that's, like, kind of keeping him abreast at this moment and yet like it was through hula that he betrayed you know nolani someone he respects so much so he just feels really guilty um so again there's like this like he's like one day out and about and he runs into steve like just at like some like digital store it was like something like that i don't know and basically steve was just like yeah you know like it happens like don't be so hard on yourself mm. i mean like definitely tell nolani like right. girl you cannot right. not tell no like you have to come clean but like 
it's fine. And maybe you look, you know, I know things are complicated with your parents right now, but like maybe they don't hate you completely. Maybe they just like don't necessarily know how to express what they're feeling. Mm. Or maybe they just like expected other things from you and you just didn't meet those expectations, but they still are your parents. And like, you know, hopefully they still have some love, you know, like it's like, see, just kind of like brought him down. Cause Irvin was very much like really and like not a good yeah. headspace. Oh, but then Steve, like, I guess they were out on a drive or some shit like that. And then like <laughs> Steve was like, okay, well now that I'm done with my advice, bye. And Steve like leaves. And then like Irvin's like, I'm 11 miles away from my home. Like, I don't know what is happening. So he like, is like, well, I guess I need to walk home. And so on that walk home, Noah Lani sees him and was like, young lady, you will not walk 11 miles home. Mm. Like what? And so like Noah Lani picks him up and basically in the car, he's like, oh, like I spent all your money on like eBay and like, I don't know, fucking lollipops and like dumb shit. And like, she was just like, she was like low key pissed, but was like, you know what? Like, it's fine. It's fine. And she like, I don't know. She, she allowed herself to be like, you know what? Like we're all growing. Mm. It's fine. So that kind of happens. And then sort of wrapping that piece up, Irvin's father later on in the book, um, goes grocery shopping because like his wife is sick. And while he's out and about, he runs into his old pal, whose name is Celeste, and, and uh, Irvin's dad's name is um, Gozo. And so Gozo's talking to Celeste, and it's like, oh, hey, what's good, whatever, whatever. And the thing is, like, Celeste's kids, like, you know, like, the thing is, like, Gozo, like, his go-to thing is to, like, complain about Irvin. Like, he's like, oh, my God, Irvin's, like, such a good for nothing. Like, this bitch is, like, still around. He's, like, 30 years old. Like, when's he going to, like, live his life and, like, get a job and blah, blah, blah. And, like, Celeste was like, yeah, like, you know, I get that. Like, that's hard. But like, you know, my kids, like, you know, they're like out and about. They're like on the mainland. They're super successful, but they don't really call or write. And I don't know. They're just like, they don't really support me in any particular way. So like, at least Irvin's like around. I don't know. And then he was like, and then Gozo was like, oh, well, um, you know, he's just like doing Hula with Nolani and them. And then Celeste was like, well, like, I mean, Nolani's like that girl. So like, if he's dancing with her, like, I don't know. Like, he's probably really talented. I don't know. He's probably like support him. And then Gozo was like, well, mm, I'm a, mm, and then like Celeste is like, well, I'm just going to like fade into the background now because, you know, everything in this world is ethereal. Like, and like, what is reality? Right. right? Like, so basically that just kind of ends. Yeah. That. Like maybe he's alive. Maybe, maybe Celeste is alive. Maybe he's dead. Maybe Who even knows? Even knows? But anyway. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So then switching up to Cam, who at, at the beginning of this novel, I really thought was the protagonist, but actually has been moderately irrelevant for most of the story. So yeah. he and Steve are having a conversation about kind of the complexity of the Jewish identity in the modern world. And it's an interesting conversation, I think. At one point, Steve is asking, oh, okay, are Jewish people white? And Cam's like, yes. Some people say no. Some people say yes. He's like, but it's, you know, it's rough because like, or the quote unquote chosen ones and the world seems to hate us. And he's like, honestly, that's true. And it's also true for a lot of groups of people. And I think his point is mostly like mm. humans find a way to discriminate on some real dumb shit often and continuously. And it's not to say that any of those things are um, not to minimalize, but it's to be like, <laughs> humans do shitty things like they're just not great a lot of the time and so cam i think kind of starts to realize that maybe him coming to um this island to find himself the sort of escapism it's, it's not that deep he, he didn't need to do all that maybe it's just a matter of yeah. coming, coming in terms with himself <laughs> and his place in the world and the reality of the world just mm-hmm. being you know hella disappointing in a lot of ways so that was interesting. I did not expect that term from Cam. I, I thought this was going to be a real, yeah. like, I've come back with this new theory. And he's like, nah, you know, I'm good. So that was interesting. I, yeah. 
Oh, but the funny thing <laughs> is, it turns out, so then if you guys remember, Cam is not his <laughs> real name. That's his culturally appropriate <laughs> name. His um, name is mm. Mel. And so actually people find out his name is Mel and they're like, you you know how easily that could have just been Mele, like the song in Hawaiian? And he's like, uh, uh, and they're like, you really did not, if you wanted to, you know, like integrate into the society, you really could have, you had a much easier path if you just stuck with your own name. <laughs> and so then he's like, well, can I change it now? And they're, and everyone in the band's like, um, no, no one's going to believe a Haole's name. It's actually Mele. Like <laughs> that's <laughs> ridiculous. And you're like, oh God, the irony. So that was like a funny little bit. And I thought it was oh my God. funny, but yes. I was like, you added all these extra letters and girl, you could have just added just right? one. Right? <laughs> At the and like you're, it would have actually made sense given your occupation and everything, but you know, Mel. But yes. So meanwhile, amidst all of this shit, Noelani, you know, as we told her earlier, she's she was I guess the old Kumu of like this really popular um, halal, and so you know she's still in the process of like working with Eva and the others to create this piece, and like throughout this, she kind of like. I don't know. A lot of you kind of just go through these, like, again, all these sequences. And, like, I know we keep saying, like, oh, this, like, dream sequence. Oh, this sequence. It's like, but, like, there's so many points in this book where, like, things happen and you're like, I don't know what is real and what's not real. Mm. Like, all of this. But, like, all of it's relevant. Yes. It's not like yes. these, these are just throwaway scenes. But it's just, like, technically, if you were looking at this, like, being next to Noelani, like, would you be seeing this? Or is this, like, her thoughts? Like, I don't mm. really know. But anyway. So basically, Noelani kind of has this, like, sequence where she realizes that, like, She's low-key the song and dance of Hawaii itself. Like, she, like, honestly kind of, like, it, it's, like, she has this conversation with Pele, which I think Pele is, like, the, is, like, a deity. Yes. And, like, basically they describe how her affinity for Hula is not just, like, oh, she's just really good at it, but, like, Hula literally is, like, she's, like, an instrument almost to the art. Like, it's, like, she kind of embodies all these different parts of it. And so she kind of comes to this realization that, like, this is something that she definitely needs to share more and more with the world and that like in a lot of ways hula is interesting because like a lot of the original original art form was kind of lost throughout mm, time colonization like, you know, just via right colonization happened and then you know shit just like a lot of that shit happens <laughs> and so it, it was described as like how in a lot of ways what we kind of see now as hula is sort of like memories of memories of old mm. memories right so it's almost like people are trying to grasp onto what they thought it was and like recreate it but it's like but again it's like we're all we're kind of all using what we think like we I, girl i don't know we're trying to like piece it together and so noelani in a lot of ways kind of represents this like not necessarily the origins of hula but more so the energy of it and like is able to sort of continue the art form the dance in a in a way that's like authentic but still sort of like current so it's like this interesting kind of like it's like it's like that originality, the that energy that like kind of created this art form is like in you, and so now it's up to you to like move this forward. It's like this really interesting thing where she's like talking to Pele and like kind of Loki gets buck with her at one point. Mm. It's like it's like really it's very fascinating. But yeah, so around the same time when she's like, oh, I'm actually the goddess of the universe, she basically like there's this like there's this festival called like the Merry Monarch, which is like this like huge hula festival where there's like judges and like it's like this whole thing, and Ignacio and the girls are like super hype. Basically, her piece wasn't selected for it because it didn't fall neatly into any of the categories. And so, like, people were, like, just like, oh, fuck, this is so annoying. We, like, made this whole thing. We want to, like, perform it. Like, what are we going to do? But then Steve Yates is like, oh, like, don't worry. We can just, like, 
build a stage on my estate and just like have it here and we can like webcast it so that like everyone you know throughout the island but also on the mainland just throughout the world anyone that's curious about hula can like see this performance like so that this doesn't have to get lost like just because you can't perform at the merry monarch you can do it here and it's fine so yeah i was like oh steve for once being actually helpful thanks steve exactly not being this like savior that doesn't know anything about anything yes and so even harry's a little skeptical but lisa's like no this time we actually listened we're actually going to do it right and also lisa like low-key starts to play more and more of a role in the story which is interesting so for the performance noelani chooses Irvin and nona to do the solo for the piece which makes nona super anxious and she starts worrying oddly about if she's hawaiian enough because she's japanese american hawaiian and everyone's like no, no, it's not that deep. But she's like, no, no, I need to be Tanner. <laughs> and it actually makes Noelani think, too, about what usually people do, which is actually to get Tanner and make themselves Tanner for the show. So Nona gets Darren, her nephew, who is honestly irrelevant to the story outside of the fact that he provides this tanning cream. Um, and she <laughs> puts a bunch of it on. And at first she's like, ooh, it looks good. And then she puts even more of it on. And so she, like, turns mm-hmm. orange Right before the performance, actually, as she's distressed, she doesn't know what to do. She's like, this is awful. I'm going to be orange on stage. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, mystical marmalade lady shows up and is like, hey, I'm going to reverse Cinderella you and turn you back so that you can go on stage again. And you're Hawaiian just by being here in Bornier. You're not going anywhere. You're not from anywhere else. So why do you think you're somehow not Hawaiian enough? So old lady literally comes and saves the day. (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile steve then goes to talk to eva not in a dream this time and you kind of find out a little bit more about eva we find out that she's moderately plagued by her history and how she was born and she points out that she was conceived out of wedlock to get some pork adobo (laughs) like the rest the the recipe for it and you're like oh geez that is that is kind of wild like i get and she's she kind of says I can tell when people order it and they see me and they kind of have this smirk on their face like they know like what I am and who I am. But then she kind of comes to this conclusion that she doesn't care. She says they can laugh, they can make fun of me, they can think what they want, but I'm going to be okay with myself. And Steve's like, bet mm. you want to cater this uh event that i'm running and she's like which is hilarious and she's been trying to get to steve <laughs> to get this money since like chapter two <laughs> so for steve to be like you want right. to like cater this event she's like yeah sure why not and you're like oh eva you've really grown as a character <laughs> yeah so uh, also around this time um carl leaves ku uipu um because basically like the pressure of the event starts to get to him because like not only are other halal showing up but also like other bands are showing up and so like Carl drops out because he's like, girl, I can't do this shit. And then, like, honestly, everyone else was like, I mean, yeah, like, if you're not going to be, like, about it and, like, if you're not going to, like, be confident in the girl, like, we just, you just should leave. But luckily, they find this, like, Dominican Popolo named Carlos to replace him. And Popolo, again, means someone of African descent. So, yeah. So, the day of the event, it is, like, the pressure is thick boots basically everyone's like showing up there's like a hell of people rolling in like it's like a whole thing like i think the event seats like two thousand people like it's a whole scene and it's webcast so they're like oh my god this is like about to be an entire ass thing so like the day of like you know there are all these shenanigans like ignacio shows up with the girls and like is like predictably shady as fuck and then noah is like i'm actually not gonna let this bitch get to me (laughs) like it's actually not even that serious there's this woman named millicent who is basically the so behind so when noah was part of auntie oh my god what was her name auntie 
Oh. Oh, the old Kumu. I forgot her name too. But yes. I forgot her name, but basically Noah Lani, when she was growing up, she had this Kumu um, named Auntie something. It started with a K. But basically Noah Lani was like her prize student. And then there was also a student named Millicent who was sort of like, I guess, like second in tow to, to Noah Lani. We also should mention that the Kumu that Noah Lani had growing up had died. Um, I'm not sure if we mentioned that in part one, but like, yeah, that happened. It was really sad. But anywho, so basically <laughs> Melissa shows up and um, Nolani thought like maybe there were low-key be beef because like Nolani did kind of like just like leave them but then Melissa was like honestly no girl it's like all good we just kind of wish that like you got to say goodbye but like I mean it's fine like it is what it is um, yeah so then basically the the performance happens it's like all the halals do their hula performances and also all of the bands perform too and each group was like just really really good like Ignacio's group was like Really good, but also they were saying that a lot of the people who were in the halal got replaced with other dancers. So, like, while, yes, it was really good, it was, like, it wasn't really the same. Because, mm. like, while Noelani's piece was, like, people like Nona and Violet and Eva, it was all... Ignacio just, like, scrapped everybody and just got the best dancers. And so, like, in some ways, it was, like, it kind of lost the integrity a little bit. But, like, Melissa's piece was really good. They, like, did this, like, remix to, like, Titanic that everyone was, like, living for and, like, throwing their fucking wigs on stage. They're like, <laughs> oh, my God, yes, girl. Like, this is everything. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so basically all of that is happening. No Lonnie's piece is last. And so around this time, like, it's, like, it, like you know, people were, like, it was, like, on a Friday night. Like, people were, like, going to go home and watch the news. But then, luckily, it starts raining. And then, like, they're just like, oh, like, guess we're staying. And I was like... Which confused me a little bit because I was like, I don't know if this is like an indoor or an outdoor event. If it started raining, I feel like people would leave. But anywho, that's you know, this is none of my well, business. Well, I think Steve, because Harry's like, it's raining, and Steve's like, don't worry, I have covers for that. And Harry's like, of course you do. And he's like, what? I'm just trying to help. <laughs> oh well, perfect. Well, yeah. So basically, everyone's like, well, girl, it's raining, so yes, I'm staying my ass here. And so everyone actually does watch Noelani's piece, and it was just like really enchanting. And also, I mean, just the writing for this piece. We'll get into yeah, it in the code section, beautiful. but like, just phenomenal. Like, it's like even though you can't physically witness it was just like you know they would describe how Irvin um mm. you know got, a, got up there and like did a solo and like in a way was sort of to respond to like the lack of support he's received from both his parents but also his like really shady friends <laughs> and so like he's kind of in this like he kind of like transformed into this like this like new light Violet gets up d- there and like does her thing Noah Lani's piece is like sort of peaceful like she like Noah Lani's solo I should say um is like fairly peaceful but like kind of powerful in a way and then Nona gets up there and ooh. fucks it up. Ooh, like ooh, ooh. everyone was like, oh my God, no, 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 Watanabe is about to like, what the fuck is she about to do? And like, the thing is like in the past, she's always been so afraid to be herself and has always wanted to just blend in. But like, mm. once she like let her hair down, was like, girl, I'm just going to do me. She fucked it up. And people literally were like silent. Yeah. And I'm actually going to read her quote later, but like she fucked it up. So but yeah, so basically everyone got their lives, bitches disintegrated, Nona transformed into the <laughs> sands of time, and it was lit as shit, and everyone was like, wow, like this is really it. Um, yeah, so then basically after this performance, yeah, the book basically comes to a close. Like, oh, and also I should say, also during the event, um, Matsuoka's was catering, and so like at one point, like they were running low on like max salad, and like Lisa like saves the day and is like, bitch, get out of my way, like I'm gonna make this max salad for y'all. And so like she like does this whole thing and it's like really cute. So yeah, so basically after all of that, like everyone's lives just kind of continue. Like Ku'u Ipu, um, you know, they continue to be booked and busy. Um, you know, they like have all these like gigs coming up, and then also like apparently they're gonna be on Ellen. <laughs> like that's the thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, around this time too, you know, Lisa starts working at Matsuoka's because they were like, Yeah, this this woman's hella talented, so like get her up in this restaurant noelani has this experience where she's like at a church and she like low-key meets all the kumus of 
time. Um, and there was just <laughs> and like, Steve's there, just but like, not really. Noah <laughs> And they were like, Noah Lani, you did that shit at the Steve Yates performance. Mm. And like, everybody, and like, also, weirdly, Steve right. Yates was like, with all the Kumus of time. Um, and like, Steve was like, yes, girl, you really fucked it up. And then Noah Lani's like, bitch, aren't you alive? Couldn't you tell me that, like, not with all the Kumus of time? Like, I'm like, really confused. But anyway, so it was just like, what? Um, Nona then also like threw <laughs> Nona like the book literally is like Nona throwing her chicken into the sea and then like all the fish were like getting their lives that that last part didn't happen but Nona did throw her chicken into the sea and I was like trying to understand why that took place um and then yeah and then like Lisa is described as in the epilogue Lisa is described as being with the like old lady with the jam and they're just like watching islands lift out of the water mm, yeah and that's how the book ends I, I, I really thought that like Nona was feeding the chicken to Pele, but that could have been wrong. And also, I was kind of like, was Lisa and the or Lisa and the old lady in the future? Because in the part one, when they the island lifted, when when Lisa was talking to Nona, they Nona said that the island would lift in like a thousand years. And so I was like, Lisa, are you mm. are you in the present day? And but then she was like, Oh, Steve's still doing his thing. And you're like, okay, well, if Steve's God, then <laughs> what does that mean? And they're like, oh, yeah, Noelani's still dancing. And you're like, yeah, but Noelani may or may not have, like, transformed into the spirit of... Wait, where, what time period are we in? Like, <laughs> I'm like, Noelani also was, like, kicking with the Kumus of time. Right. So, honestly, like, who is anyone? Right. Like, I'm like, what's Eva doing? Like, Eva's a normal person. What the fuck is... Like, what, is Eva still mm. alive, girl? Is this in the future? Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you know what, Marcy? I cannot. I think that we should take a break and discuss this more yes. in the discussion section. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> and we're back. Woo-hoo. So... Yes. So, you know, we just finished Hamele Akilo, a Hilo song. And mm. before we get into our, like, our like discussion discussion, I definitely kind of want to talk about our predictions. Because, like, <laughs> honestly, like, because usually we, like, be out, in, like, on Saturn somewhere. But honestly, like, I mean, this time it was kind of, it was interesting. Like, so some of the things that I was thinking was, like, you know, I thought... Nona was going to break up with Harry, which the literal opposite happened. Like, Mm. they got (laughs) married. So, like, oops. Yeah, Cam and Johnny Boy, I thought, were, like, actually going to have a whole entire falling out. But, like, honestly, yeah, that didn't really happen either. I said that, like, I, like, you know, that Eva was going to, like, get caught in, like, her shenanigans, but also have a change of heart. That second part was true, in fact. There you go. I did think that Steve would die tragically, which also didn't happen. I thought Steve was God, which I which I th- still think is the case. <laughs> um, and then I was like, oh, yeah. And then Ignacio was going to be shady but successful also happened. But, like, mm. the thing is, like, it, it wasn't necessarily in the same way. I thought it was going to be, like, Ignacio was going to win a prize over Noelani. But, like, no one really got a prize at Steve's right. thing. It was just kind of, like, just a showcase. So, so yeah. So, I would say not too far off. Yeah, for the most not part. bad at all. Yeah. What about you, Akko? <laughs> I agree. My predictions were um okay, the ones I thought were gonna were more most likely to happen did not. And the ones that I was like, well, this is a stretch was what actually happened, which is crazy. So if you guys mm-hmm. remember, I also thought Nona was going to leave Harry, which again, as Marcy pointed out, did not happen. I said the Kuipu was gonna go nowhere, but they did. They're going on Ellen. Like this that's somewhere. Right, like the Ellen. Like <laughs> I said that Cam would learn something, which to be fair is a very broad stroke. So (laughs) the fact that that (laughs) is correct is not, you know, but um, so I I guess I'll count that as a win. 
Um, yeah, you should. <laughs> I also said that Lisa will recover and that will devastate Steve. Well, Lisa recovered, but Steve is fine. He is unpressed. So I'm like, oh, I guess true love does exist and I should stop being so cynical. Um, I mean, he was like kind of pressed for like a second. Yeah. Like he like didn't know how to react to it, but then he got over it. That's true. Yeah. He, he quickly was like, eh, I'm good. What else did I think? Oh, I thought that Eva would learn the meaning of friendship and start her pursuit of other people's recipes, which she kind of did. She kind of did do that. Yeah. Uh, she low key, but what I'm really proud of, actually, was I thought Nolani would transcend human form and become the new spirit of Hula, which, look at that. <laughs> she did. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket. Like, <laughs> look at me. I'm very no, like that actually, it's it's funny because we were like Key King. We were like, oh, yeah, girl, Nolani's going to become a new, but, but like, she actually became like i mean the kumus of time rolled up right? and they were like no alana you were of us like <laughs> she what was literally the avatar of this <laughs> you know like the air last airbender or uh, legend of Korra right. this novel. <laughs> <laughs> it also funny enough when that happened they were like so no alana was in a church and they were like oh yeah steve like walked out from behind i guess like a jesus portrait or something or another it was just something that like steve just emerged in this like divine <laughs> way where i was like who the fuck is steve <laughs> who the fuck is steve yates <laughs> jesus christ oh my god oh jesus well, let's talk about that let's talk let's, about let's, let's actually start the discussion with that so i feel like in this book and this is what i love about magical realism it's like it like there were so many parts where like people were having dreams but also me as a reader i felt like i was having a dream like there were just so many mm. parts where i was like because you know how like in a dream you could start in the right in the middle of something and you have like yes. all the context even though it hasn't happened you know like it's just like things like that or like transitions are weird as fuck but you it's like fine you know like it's just like things just work differently this book was like the exact same like i felt like there were characters where it was like they would kind of weave in and out and they were all important but like and you didn't you and you had questions, but it wasn't it didn't disrupt anything. Like I wasn't so pressed about, oh, who is this old lady or who is this like volcano girl that like Saul really right. likes that like you know, like you recognize that they all have a place and like they all have influence, but like it's not that deep. I don't know. It was just like But I do think in terms of Steve specifically, I do think that Steve while I think that Noelani is sort of like this the human form of Hula, like I think Steve is kind of like I don't know like because in some ways he's like very truly he's clearly a person still learning and very imperfect and things like that but like at the same time kind of has this like divine intellect that like is sort of confusing I'm like how can both exist in the same person like where like mm. you're so trumped when Harry's like oh like you don't own everything but then at the same time like you visit bitches in their dreams and like are teaching them everything like it's like in the thing the fact that steve has his hands in like everyone's pot is also just like i'm like are you an octopus like what is happening <laughs> like i just i don't know i think steve just like i think maybe steve kind of similar to mel because i think mel was someone who he had this artistic passion but silenced that passion to sort of like fall down this respectable route sort of using this like his like capitalist whatever mainland thinking to like justify his actions and then when he went to hawaii it was a way for him to be more in touch with like that energy that kind of truly motivated his actions i think steve is kind of similar but it just operates differently i think steve is someone mm. who like in real time yes is kind of like sure wise but also like someone who like is used to being in control used to having a lot of influence and so the, like in his day-to-day it shows up like that way. But I think Steve in his, in his truest of character, I think Steve is someone that like likes to facilitate growth in other people. And is someone who likes to like, 
help other people to actualize themselves. And I, and I guess in a way that he's similarly been able to actualize his own self throughout his life. And so like, I think mm. for him that shows up in this more sort of like dream, like almost like celestial experience with people where he just like kind of, he like mystically will kind of intervene rather than in person. But in, but sometimes he does his own person, but like you can't, you can't move away from like the dream and like the, the, the magic and like, the, like I'm like Steve, I don't know what kind of spells you'd be casting, but like, girl, this is actually wild. Like I just, yeah. So I think that's, I think Steve's dream pieces are maybe just a way for him to like kind of continue to have influence, but in a way that, influence is actually meant to look like not in like sort of a top-down way but in like i'm gonna help you sort of like just i'm gonna help you reach that answer on your own i'll help facilitate it in these like magical dreamlike lands or whatever but like i'm not gonna tell you everything i'm just gonna help you kind of maybe see something out from a different perspective or something of that nature mm, i see i see and then it's almost and then it almost becomes this like like magical like development project in a way because it's like he's doing all these things in real time where he's trying to like give money to all these different institutions but then it's like he's like entering the dreams of people and almost doing that same thing of like oh i'm gonna like kind of help you improve and like i don't know not necessarily in the sense of like i'm gonna help you reach modernity or anything like that but more so like i'm gonna help you like actualize yourself so then it's like what if like magic what if like development was like magical and like Mm. took space in like a dream like see i don't know if i'm like on shrooms but like i just like i don't know it's just like I, like it's just like, like i like steve is just so fucking weird of a character quite frankly yeah. but like i just kind of also live and the fact that he's black also just adds like this whole other piece where i'm like this is so interesting what do you think <laughs> like, <laughs> i think it's interesting i like do agree that steve has some human as well as supernatural qualities but in my mind it kind of came off with this instead of G steve being god i was like maybe steve is jesus but also maybe hmm. steve is almost a rep because the story has a lot of mashing up religion and culture to find a trueness deep inside you know a, a one string a thread of truth that sort of is real and actual and even though everyone's coming at it from different angles, what are we really talking about, really? And and so mm. I kind of saw Steve as, how does this Christian religion that has come from outside, from the colonizer, become integrated into this actual culture? And, and what do people gain and mm. kind of learn from it? And it was interesting because I don't think people like the idea of God learning from people. But if you think of Jesus as a version of God that came to human form and had a relationship with humans. You know what I mean? It's kind of, that's kind of what Steve mm. is. It's, it's okay. It's kind of this relationship between people and the divine and changing that relationship from something paternalistic where someone just comes down and, you know, <laughs> tells you what to do and then disappears again to something right. more of a conversation and the sort of more healthy relationship with divinity, which I thought was pretty cool. And the, the reason I kind of still think huh. that is sometimes the book wouldn't, I, I know you don't you're not super super religious but even the fact that at the event that eva was kind of running out of food but there was still enough food in the end there's a biblical like story like that where all the 
disciples there we go disciples are like there's not enough fish and bread for everyone and jesus is like really will you chill like it's gonna be fine and there is enough Mm -hmm. bread even though that makes no sense like there really should not have been (laughs) um so that part kind of (laughs) wow i didn't even i literally did not even make that connection yeah so i thought that was interesting and then also kind of because the disciples were these very imperfect people so the kind of the concept of these imperfect Groups of misfits becoming sort of Steve's band of people also has that same parallel. So I was like, oh, interesting. But then I liked it because Lisa also, Lisa and Steve together are kind of Jesus. You know what I mean? Because they're on the island together and Lisa also plays a role. But at the same time, Noelani is something godly and divine. And so it was, I think there was this mm. mix and mash up to say that this conversation that we're having it doesn't have to come from somewhere else, even though it incorporates elements of somewhere else. And I think it goes along with the whole story's theme of sort of chop suey, like, right. We're bringing things together to make an identity and a trueness in the culture. And I, I think that's where I landed on that. Of course, if someone reads the book and says, Akko really just <laughs> flew out the handle. That's with a that mean ass understanding that. <laughs> no, that's really compelling. Wow. Oh my gosh. Huh? That's so, wow, that is so interesting. I literally, yeah, because like everyone in a way, it's like, that's so interesting because it's like it, it makes divinity commonplace, which for Mm. me as someone who's not necessarily particularly religious, like that also makes divinity more, I would also argue, yeah, like, like kind of healthy and accessible, like, right? right? Like it's like when we think of like these divine people or beings or however you want to narrate them like you know kind of having all the knowledge and like all the tea and like you just are like this imperfect bitch running around and they're just like watching you be imperfect it's like it's like there is this like there is kind of to me that reeks is almost like this inability to really have an interaction or have a true exchange that like Mm. is one in which like we can see sort of like you know face to face on this so like the fact that like people can kind of like go almost in and out of these divine states. Cause even for example, like when Irvin was performing, like it was like, he let out this cry on stage that like invited others to like join in. And it was just like this Mm. whole thing where it's like, they like, it was like people were interacting with like the elements in a way that was like, what the fuck is going on? Like nature's like in on this. Like the choreography wasn't even just like one, two, three, four. It was just kind of like, it was like it came from like within but also almost like not even from necessarily within almost like from underneath it was like you're almost like conjuring Mm. energy from the earth and it like comes throughout your body and then like from that it like invites nature and it was just like this whole thing where i was like this is the latest show i've ever been to and i like am not even watching this shit (laughs) like it's just i loved how it was just like yeah everyone has these capabilities within them like yes like sure on the surface someone like nona is kind of like this clumsy sort of not necessarily conventionally attractive sort of like almost like i mean in the first in the first half first half of the book it was almost as if she was like forgettable in a lot of ways but then like mm. when you really give her a chance she just like was Shows incredible up. yeah and i'm just like how and i think that speaks to this idea that like these people that you often would sort of like you know sort of like cast away or not really expect too much from just having like this like deep vessel of magic within them i'm like that's mm. like incredible like people like I don't know this magic or like this energy that allows this world to even exist. Like, I mean, we are, we're, it's like a fractal. It's like, we're a part of it. Right. But it's That's, like individually yes. we may, we maintain it, but we also are part of this like huge like orchestra that also like is life. And that like kind of keeps all these processes in place. Like we're part of this process. Mm. So like 
the divine magic that kind of keeps it all going. Like we, we certainly have at least some parts of that in our beings, right? right. Like it, was just, it, it made everything seem like everything is just kind of like one right now. And like, I'm low key living for it. <laughs> it's really interesting. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great point. It's, I don't think we see the divinity in each of us enough, right? We're so quick to mm-hmm. dismiss people and stereotype, you know, cause you look at Irvin and Eva and, and Nona and how society, their friends and family were kind of dismissive of them as sort of nothing. And even with Steve H, he's like, well, sometimes I'm sitting here and honestly, people don't even realize who I am. They just walk on by. I think we are mm-hmm. all, in our in our lives very quick to forget that people are magical not even necessarily in a religious way but the fact that we're all here in this weird ball flying through space together and interacting and being and talking is, is mm-hmm. kind of something something to think about with a certain level of reverence you know mm, yeah however <laughs> i will say yes. i do have a thought about this book i, I love this book but I I wonder about this concept that the author keeps talking about, about sort of everyone can just be Hawaiian. Like you're born here and you're from here and everyone just is, and that's Mm. fine. And there's nothing to consider. And I love that on a transcendental level. I do. I love it so much. However, are we, are we oversimplifying the power structures and imbalances social imbalances that do in fact actually exist you know in hawaii many of the native hawaiians are lacking in land you know Mm -hmm. because of the history of colonialism from america the justice system for them is their their rates of incarceration are higher jobs are not where they need to be it's there is a disparity Mm. in power and so what is it to say that not only can you come and colonize but you can actually actually just integrate and take all of us and everything Mm. about us with you and there is a point where they mention about how the hawaiian people struggled incredibly hard when the um, missionaries banned them from doing the hula to pass down stories to the next generation. And to me, that's so beautiful, right? That's, that's such, that in itself is just to say like, Oh, well, what we have now is just memories of memories is true in one part, but is also indicative of, of a struggle or an intentionality or um, a perseverance, you know, that in and of itself should, should be highlighted and revered. So, I wonder how much you can say every, I guess I wonder about the porosity of this, right? We say Cam and Steve Yates and everyone can be Hawaiian, but the question is how often do Hawaiians have that same permeability into access to power? And and mm. I, I wonder about that before we just say, you know, we, we dismiss this this kind of, I just wonder about it. That is, ooh. Yeah, because that inverse relationship is not the same mm. at all. And it's just like, people like mm, that is so fascinating he's like yeah people can just like roll up and like again like i mean cam and steve and lisa and all of them like you know they learn from their experiences and like they work to kind of integrate more into into society but at the same time it's like yeah like it's like there is this sort of like access that's granted to them that like i mean Mm. yeah it's like the inverse would not look the same for a johnny boy or a nona or like a Noah Lani or anyone you know like it's just like it's like that there's like how do we kind of similar to the struggle that we mentioned last time it's like how do we make it such that like there it, like we can allow folks to engage in like a cultural exchange and like you know sort of be a part of this like song that like is sort of getting us through our lives but also at the same time recognize that like there is a history here that like you all weren't necessarily a part of or that like you all have like actually a kind of 
mm. like villainous part of. Like, how does that? How how do you reconcile that? Yeah. How do we reconcile both of those things at the same time? Right. It's just like, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah. I I just think that the the idea of like. Yeah, this kind of integration is very is very fascinating. Yeah, that's huh, that's so interesting. Yeah, because like, hmm, hmm, it's something I, to chew mm. on, you know. It is something to chew about. on. Yeah, because like, because when I was reading it, I like when Nona was like, oh, like I don't know, like am I really Hawaiian enough? Blah 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 blah. Like I kind of was reading it as like. No, and I feel like you're kind of doing a lot. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, I feel like you're mm-hmm. like, you know, like you're here and like blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah, it's like, I mean, but say if like Cam was having this debate with himself, I'd be like, mm. well, girl, what? <laughs> like, I would just be like, um, like we saw what happened when you tried to like, quote, be Hawaiian and like <laughs> change your name. You know, like, it's like, it just looks kind of performative and weird. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It's like, it's. Yeah, I, I remember in the, right. during when I was reading the book, I didn't struggle with the notion as much. But I think also that was because Steve and Lisa and Cam were like co-signed so heavily by like everyone sort of around them mm. that I was like, okay, like people who have lived here, people who identify as Native Hawaiian, are like co-signing these people. And yes, they still acknowledge that there is like we're not the same person, but like we will allow you to be in this community to sort of like be a part of this thing that we have going on. So I was like, okay, like if Harry and them are cool, like, I guess I'm kind of cool with it. I don't know. How do, how do you feel about it? I, I guess I have two thoughts. One is on the one hand, do they have a choice? Like Steve and Cam are there. Ooh. They have American passports. Like you can't stop them, you know? And that also speaks to some type of power dynamic, but then it mm. also speaks to this tension between people how much do you need someone else's cosign to be a part of the group? Because that in and of itself leaves you subject to other people's opinion. And, and the story is kind of about overcoming. And there's so many ways people can use you not being enough, blank enough to exclude you from something that, why do they, right. why do they have the right to say that? So it's, I'm, I'm not even really saying I have the answers. I just, I wanted to uh, complicate the narrative. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I, that's, mm, I really, it's funny how like in a book where like dream sequences and like all of that is just like super commonplace and there's like all these like creatures mm. that you're like, I don't know if this is even a person. Like those things somehow seemed less complicated to me than like the right. question you just posed. That's <laughs> so interesting. Cause like literally there's like, like, cause even like, I mean, there's so many parts in the book where like people who have died or like spirits or like just like, I guess other entities that aren't, I guess, quote people or like present day people like are part of the structure and it's like totally fine and i'm like and i'm like oh i can accept that like that's fine like that's like that's cool like if anything i actually really appreciate that because it kind of it it provides more of a longevity to this place and like to this tale Mm. like it's like it kind of shows more that like there's more of an investment even of those who like aren't necessarily here anymore in what's going on but yeah but at the same time it's like i mean Y'all were co-signed in, like y'all were like y'all were invited to the cookout, but it's just like, but who mean? exactly is overseeing? Like who who's overseeing? Right. Like who's sending out them invitations? <laughs> like who who really gets to like mm. like who's the motherfucker writing the text on the invitation? Like girl, you can come. You know what I mean? Like it's like how do y'all like how do you make that stamp? Right? Like yeah, because Cam might work here, Maybe. but like in that in the other island that he lived on, he wasn't really integrated. Mm well and like people and there were, it was funny i remember there was a passage where he was like yeah like i'm just having such a hard time like no one wants to be friends with me but then like there was like simultaneously like he was at the grocery store and someone asked him like how he was doing and he would like totally walk past them and like right. someone like let him get in front of him in traffic and he just like completely did you know what i mean like it's like it's like this it's like the context is so specific perhaps it's more of like 
in this context, you're fine, but like, let's not maybe overreach and just assume that like in all parts of Hawaii, like you would have the same reception. And if you did Mm. not have the same reception, that's fine. That's up to you to be like, you're right. Like, I'm not from here. I can't necessarily claim this. Mm. Like, I don't have ownership over this really. Ooh, I like that. So yeah, it's just really, it's really interesting. But, um, but real quick though, I want to definitely talk. I definitely want to read this quote from No No's Performance because like the shit literally I like was living. So yeah, so basically this is, so the way the scene worked was basically Nona started performing and like rather than it kind of going through her steps, there was like this passage that happened and then like her performance was over. So like essentially these ideas that came up were essentially what her movement reflected, if that, if that makes sense. So it reads, these are the ancient times and these are the modern times as well. In the sphere of eternity, distinctions between one time and another are arbitrary. Even now, Lo'ihi reaches skyward from beneath the sea, who will sit upon the shores of Kilauea and write the ancient chants for her. Who will dance the dances that will be remembered only in part, scraps handed down from generation to generation, revered almost as much for what is lost as what is retained? Are the ships and airplanes now any different from the outriggers in days past? Are the stars not the same? The sunsets the same colors? Don't the rains make the same sounds as they fall onto the forest canopy? And as for Nona, she finally understood what it meant to simply be, that in her purples were all the colors of the sky and ocean at night, in her oranges and reds the color of the sun setting and rising, in her shimmering greens the color of the forest and sugarcane, and yes, even more ocean, and in her smile the radiance of the sun itself. The water, the fire, the wind, the day, the night, the clamorous green of the Kulani forest, the rocky serenity of the Kaui desert, incongruence, Elements meet, blend, do battle. The fire meets the water, the fire cools, the water parts, and the land emerges from the sea. The words, the music, the hands, the feet, only when incongruence elements meet, blend, do battle, and resolve, can they become, like magic, the hula. And then it was over, and for a few seconds the audience was silent, as if it was waking from a dream. Mm. So, I was just like, I don't even know if I got this, but... That was fucking beautiful. Like, I was like, this yeah. is, oh, my God. I, lo- I love that part, too. <laughs> I was like, too. word up to Nona, shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, so I was like, let me just leave y'all with that because, oh, Jesus, felt good in my mouth. <laughs> right? It, it's, yes, it's so beautifully written. And also, it makes me want to see this hula. Like, I know it's just written, and it probably wouldn't translate out of this form, but I really want to know what it would look like, so... Agreed. Agreed. So so for my quote, I have two. Um, one of them was during Irvin's dance that I really liked and it kind of spoke to me. He goes, some truths. Well, this was Steve had told him this earlier and he finally internalized it. And it goes, some truths he could answer and what he could not. It wasn't that he didn't know. It was because he was. And as he danced, he was. And, and I kind of like the idea of being. And hmm. it, it sort of talks to the quote you just read as well knowing what it is to be. So I, I, I really like that one. And then the last one I just like because it's so beautifully written and it's it's the end of the book. And it talks again about this sort of liminal space time when things happen at once and now is then and a short time is actually eternity. And the quote goes, and this is Lisa with the old lady, and the, the quote goes, and we sat there, the two of us, as the sky seemed to fill with music and the island before us, even in that short time, grew large enough to catch the sun. And that's Ooh. how the book ends. I know. It's beautiful. So, mm. Marcy, how yes. would you rate this book? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, I would rate it. 
I, I won't do necessarily numbers because I feel like those are kind of arbitrary, but I would just say I really I really appreciated the complication of this book. I felt like when you walk in, it's kind of like, okay, like you, like it seems like everyone's lives are peaceful and whatever, whatever. It's kind of like a slice, it's kind of giving you slice of life a little bit. But like, as you sort of dive in, you're like, oh, wow, there's like a lot of backstory to these characters. And like, even though like, there's not like a huge like adversary necessarily, it's like them mm. learning how to interact with one another is like such an interesting and beautiful process to witness. And like the investment you kind of gain in them is just like undeniable. And so I love kind of the character chemistry. I love also, I just also love the way that it was written. I love that it was written in Hawaiian pidgin English and like that there was that piece that was like, this reads more authentic to me. Like this doesn't, you know, this is like kind of like, okay, like this is, we're, we're keeping true to sort of like what's going on here, which I really appreciate as well. Yeah. And I would say that like in, t- in general, I would say it doesn't, the book doesn't necessarily, it doesn't read super difficult. Like it's not like, you know, like a no. complicated or particularly like, you know esoteric or like weird (laughs) novel it's like it's like it's fairly straightforward and like honestly like i think it does a good job of sort of balancing like you know fairly simple passages but like again sort of passages that are like just really like elemental and like you know really kind of complicated so yeah i in general i really like this book i guess if there were any particular critiques i don't really think i have any really critiques i would say that the second half of the book definitely felt more magic and dream heavy than the first almost Mm. like there was like an era that ended and then like there was like all like a new style that kind of got added to the book which is sort of interesting to witness i will say though i do wish that like i don't know i kind of wish that like we learned a little bit more about ignacio and maybe i'm just like privy because like he's the only queer character in the book that that we know of at least and I don't know, I felt like he kind of took on this, like, Disney villain, like, oh, like, I'm going to be, like, really shady to Noelani and, like, hate mm. her because, I don't know, I'm, like, shady. It just, it, a little bit of it to kind of read as, like, okay, this is kind of, like, a common queer coding thing where you, like, make characters queer and they're just sort of, like, naturally vill- villainous. Right. I, I, I sort of wish that was complicated a little bit. But um, but aside from that, I do think that the relationships were interesting. I am curious to kind of see what Her- what happens with Harry and Lisa. Not Harry and Lisa. Harry and um, Nona. Mm. Um. And how they assuage their issues when it comes to complication with, with communication, because, um, yeah, I think that's something that Harry is definitely going to have to deal with, like for for life, or at least for like a little bit after they get married. So, right. all in all, I would say I really enjoyed this book. If you're someone who wants to read something that's like, sort of like honestly like a quick read, like very peaceful, but at the same time kind of like encourages you to like question things, like definitely read it. And also, this book mm. is like funny as hell as well. It's um, so funny. I live. I'm on Team Eva. Like. The tone is just so beautiful. Yeah. So I really I really like this book a lot. Hmm. How do you feel? I, know, I, I agree. I think it, it's exactly what you said. If you want something that's light, a nice slice of life, but also makes you, yeah, question what you think and gives you the space to think a little deeper about what you know or don't know, I think it's worth, it's totally worth a read. And if you don't spend a lot of time thinking about the 50th state, it's also <laughs> worth a read. And kind Listen. Of, right? Knowing a little bit more about that situation and you know it's part of american culture so it's it's worth knowing exactly and that's that's really a, yeah i really did not know that too much <laughs> walking into yeah i definitely learned yes a lot so another yes thank you for saying that um but hey marcy it's almost yeah, the summer yes. <laughs> um <laughs> and oh this transition <laughs> and because of that you know it's getting a little warmer eventually and we're all kind of coming out in our shorts to the beach and um, maybe with our little short clothing we should also start our 
summer shorts section of the Color Pages podcast. Yay! Yes. So the way that this is going to work is that, you know, Aqua and I have been, like we told you all, we have our own separate book list and each Every month we've been sort of alternating with reading different books off of our list. But this summer we're still going to, you know, we're going to keep the content coming. Yes. But we're going to pause our books for now and we're going to be reviewing short stories um, and different pieces of literature, um, some graphic novels and things of that nature. So the next few episodes are going to be more so short stories that we talk about and that kind of exist by themselves. So each so we have four short stories picked out. Um, we might do maybe one or two more, but like for now, we'll definitely do four where, yeah, we just kind of like each one is totally different from the others. And we just, yeah, it's like a kind of simple way to just have a, still have a conversation about literature, but mm. with a medium that's a bit shorter. So for those of you who, for example, maybe uh, haven't had the time to read Asula or A House of the Spirits or anything like that, like this is definitely a good time to sort of like, okay, like let me read this quick short story and see what these girls have to say about it. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, so yeah, so kind of like a casual, cute, fun thing to do over the summer. Um, also, Akko and I are definitely in, in transition in our personal lives. <laughs> like a lot of things are shifting for us, um, which we'll definitely kind of go into more detail later. But yeah, so it's kind of also a way for us to sort of be like, oh, girl, okay, let's like transition to these new elements of our lives. However, also keep loyal to our fans and like Yay. keep the content coming. So and yeah, so we'll definitely resume in the fall. Yes, yes, with each other as well. So yeah, so we'll definitely resume in the, in the fall with um you know our regular book list and things like that so don't worry that's definitely gonna keep going but yeah but we're doing a summer little thing so yeah stay you know stay tuned well marcy i think that might be that might be all for us this week yeah i think you know in terms of our you know usual bits if you want to reach out to us on twitter you know you can hit us up at the colored pages our email address is these colored pages at gmail.com our website is same name these if you want to reach out to us and, you know, send us any thoughts you have on the episodes, any mm. book recommendations, anything like that, girl, we here. Yes. So let us know. Yes. We'd love to hear from you guys. So definitely reach out. But until then, don't forget to stay, stay color, color, color. colorful.